Hello and welcome to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the show where I interview the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by a fantastic individual. His name is John Dutton, and he's the Chief Executive for the Rugby League World Cup 2021, which is actually not too far away, given that we're only in 2020 right now. Now, John's had a spectacular career uh, within sport and also run his own business. He commenced his full-time role in February 2018, having left his post at RFL Director of Projects and People. He led the successful bid for the tournament, including a 25 million funding award from HM Government. John is a graduate of sports with over 20 years worth of experience in the sports industry. He previously worked for the PGA European Golf Tour and Manchester FA with a secondment to UEFA and ran his own sports consultancy business in addition. In addition to all of that fantastic experience, John is also a member of the UK Sports Major Events Panel, a specialist advisory board. His main purpose is to represent the interest of UK sport by making major event investment recommendations to the UK Sport Board. John, welcome to the show. Hello, uh, thank you very much. Uh, my privilege uh, to uh, join you. Thanks so much for being here with us, John. And you know, before we kind of dive into the, uh, the conversation for today, which I've really been looking forward to, um, I must ask, um, you know, talk to some of our listeners. I'm sure most have heard of you anyway, but um, you know, give us a little brief rundown of you know, not only some of the current projects that you're working on, which are terribly exciting, but also how you came to be where you are today. Because it's a pretty high profile role indeed. And you know, one that I, I wonder whether you expected to find yourself in many, many years ago. Yeah, uh, first, first thing to say, it's an absolute privilege, uh, the role I have um, at the moment a global uh, major sporting tournament, uh, predominantly uh, based in the north uh, of England, um, and a sport that I'm very passionate about. Um, so uh, as you um, alluded to earlier, my professional career began probably about 25 uh, years ago. I grew up as a young boy, uh, always wanted to be a professional athlete, a professional rugby league player. Um, it's fair to say I was never good enough, uh, nor brave enough. Um, so sports administration is uh, not a bad, a bad second best. Uh, and I've had a really fortunate career to uh, work in professional sports, uh, football, cycling, uh, golf, uh, lots of different sports. Um, and now to lead this um, quite amazing project, something I've been working on already for five years. And um, as you mentioned, uh, not too long ago, just about 19 months before the tournament gets underway. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you say there very modestly, you kind of didn't think you were good enough as you were, you know, kind of a young lad growing up loving sport. Um, you know, did you envisage that you would be at this, that this kind of point in your career? Because I mean, that is, you know, you put it lightly there, not about second best, you know, in admin, but it is definitely not admin being, uh, you know, chief exec of one of the most well-known kind of, um, you know, sporting tournaments in the UK and, and certainly worldwide. Yeah, yeah. To, to be able to do something that's a, a passion, um, that's been a large part of my life, um, it just feels I'm very humbled by uh, the opportunity that I've been given. Um, but to work with professional athletes who I am completely in awe of people that um, dedicate their body, their life um, to going out there, putting their bodies on the line. Um, and certainly in the world of rugby league, uh, rugby league is uh, fairly physical, uh, it requires a high degree 
um, of skill. So my job, what I'm able to do is able to showcase those athletes on the very biggest stage when the tournament comes around. And the most important um, bit for us was five years ago, taking a decision to stage the men's, women's and wheelchair tournaments all together at the same time. So those amazing athletes we can... Mm -hmm show to the world mm -hmm. and I love that it's just such an inclusive sport I know you've been really proactive in talking not only on YouTube but on the mainstream TV channels about how this is such an inclusive sport and I'm really excited actually to dive into that later but before we do and and this is kind of a, a little unusual um, you know I guess for our podcast usually but we are releasing this um, at the time of, you know, the unprecedented COVID-19, um, I thought it would be, um, you know, absolutely kind of opportune, really, to, to ask you uh, about this, because sport, of course, has been one of the, you know, one of the first hit, what with the mass gatherings and everything like that. So, John, talk to me about what you have seen with, uh, with the coronavirus and how we can possibly stay sane in these crazy times. Yeah, I, I, I think your word, uh, Leila, was absolutely right. Um, unprecedented, um, certainly in our lifetime. Um, also um, uncertain. Um, you know, it just it, it is an incredible um, period that people um, are facing. Um, sport um, has been impacted, um, and I read a wonderful article over the weekend uh, where the journalist was saying sport is the most important of the least important. Um, and, and sport is a huge part of many people's lives, whether it gives them structure um, at a weekend, whether it gives them something to um, look forward to. And, and certainly um, sport has been massively impacted. So from a rebelique perspective, uh, like many other sports, uh, the season um, is now suspended. Um, people don't know when um, that will um, resume. And that has an enormous knock-on effect on um, broadcast on commercial uh, relationships um, and, and also spectators who uh, have that first to have an outlet um, and have some positivity in the life. So um, we have to stay positive. Um, one of the things is uh, having something at the end of all of this to look forward to um, and certainly uh, rugby league um, and many other sports. Uh, I think we'll have a massive part to play um, in helping us um, come through this. Absolutely. And I mean, thank goodness, in, in, in one way, it's 2021. I bet you were thinking, well, at least we've got a little time because you've been preparing for, um, for this for many, many years now, really. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it's already five years um, worth of work. I first started this project in 2015. Um, and we are having a conversation with colleagues at the Football Association. Um, they obviously have had a huge decision along with UEFA to move the men's European Championships back by a year. And the impact of this, um, when we fully understand it, will be um, disturbance, uh, creates uncertainty. And what that will lead to um, is everyone will be impacted either in a small or a significant way. But at this period of time, it's the most important thing that people um, keep healthy, stay well, um, have a positive uh, mindset. Uh, we've got a huge commitment towards um, mental fitness uh, and I think everyone's mental health and well-being um, is of the utmost uh, importance during this um, quite incredible period. Absolutely. And are there any tips that you might be able to give us when it comes to staying mentally healthy and also physically healthy? Because I'm sure that that's something that all the players across the board have been asking you. Um, you know, we're, we're used to being out every day training for this and all of a sudden, um, yep. you know, is everyone kind of in, in lockdown and in self-isolation? Yeah, I, I think just for everyone, not um, just the players. Um, physical um, well-being leads to mental 
um, well-being um, it's certainly been a big part of my life I, I, I run um, and, and that is yes it keeps me healthy but it's for my mind rather than um, for my body uh, so I think the tips are to try and stay positive um, to uh, keep some, some structure um, in your uh, working day in particular um, and to be calm and rational uh, we've seen lots of things um, in the media um, particularly across social media um, and um, you know that that has bred I think even more um, uncertainty so uh, yeah it's trying okay stay calm yes absolutely as I say in the war stay calm and, and carry on um, but it I mean it couldn't be more true you know you're absolutely right you kind of got it in a nutshell there you know some of the things on social media that I've seen certainly in about shells being stripped and whatnot and you kind of just think you know if we all just did um, and, and consumed what we were meant to usually, we wouldn't be in, uh, in such a, a bad situation. But anyway, trying to stay on the uh, side of being positive, as you've said, um, you know, doing exercise, absolutely critical, you know, keeping the mind as well as the body, which is almost, I dare say, more important sometimes, um, you know, almost than, than physical health, you know, to, uh, you know, to keep on, um, you know, doing those exercises, you know, whether they're in the house or, or whether you can escape for a run, uh, which I'm with you, John, you know, going for a run and keeping a social distance is, uh, it's been, uh, it's been critical. Okay. So, um, you know, I guess moving on to, to, to other subjects and thank you for sharing, um, you know, tips on, on COVID-19, um, you know, and kicking straight off, I guess, with, with inclusion, because it's just such a wonderful thing that rugby is so inclusive. Um, you know, what does diversity, inclusion, diversity and inclusion and belonging, I guess, mean to you specifically, John? Um, because I know you've been very outspoken about it and talk to us about some of the wonderful things that you are doing across the board when it comes to sport and inclusivity. Yeah, our, our inclusivity is one of our um, core values uh, and has been there from the start. So um, when we were constructing um, this tournament um, in our considerations with government, um, with our funding partners, um, we wanted to be bold and brave and we wanted to, for the first time ever to stage the men's, women's and we're sure tournaments together, as I mentioned um, earlier. Um, what that meant was a huge logistical challenge. So we now have 61 games in our tournament uh, across wow. 20 um, venues. Um, but it's about putting the athletes on the same platform. Um, we um, have a deal with the BBC, uh, which will showcase uh, the games to a live terrestrial audience here in the UK. Uh, we're just working through our international uh, rights to make sure that anyone anywhere in the world uh, can consume and enjoy the tournament. Uh, so some of the things that we um, have done specifically, I mean, the first thing to say about wheelchair rugby, many people believe they've seen it, but they haven't, they've seen the Paralympic uh, version. Uh, so wheelchair rugby is a true derivative of the men's running game, and it can be played by disabled and non-disabled athletes playing together, and it can also be played by men and women playing together. So in terms of inclusivity, um, anyone um, can come and try it. Um, it's fairly physical, um, it's, uh, it requires a high degree um, of skill, and it's fair to say that the disabled athletes um, are probably more adept um, in being able to um, get the wheelchair around the court, um, and they are the superstars. Uh, we've got a chap called James Simpson, a truly inspirational um, person who's our ambassador. Um, he served in the armed forces, um, served in Afghanistan, he uh, triggered an IED. 
and unfortunately uh, lost both of his legs. Uh, but James says that wheelchair rugby league saved his life and mm -hmm. he is the most passionate, um, inspirational person that um, will truly celebrate, promote wheelchair rugby league. Um, so we've done many things. One, one of the considerations um, some time ago was about having an equal participation fee for the men women and wheelchair athletes and we've introduced that um, so that's something that we will uh, fund ourselves uh, we've also introduced prize money for the women and wheelchair uh, tournaments for the first time ever um, so this year it's, it is about staging a truly inclusive uh, tournament uh, where all of the athletes will play together uh, we start our women's tournament at Anfield in Liverpool and then our men's and women's finals will both be staged at Old Trafford on the same day, uh, live on the BBC, on the same ticket. Um, and that, we hope, is a manifestation of all the work that we'll have done over um, this period. That is fantastic. And you touched there on all of these northern cities. And I know from listening to a number of your interviews, not only are you, you know, ridiculously passionate about in inclusion, but all of these northern cities, tell me why you're so passionate about the north and, and what it means to you to be, be playing all of these wonderful games up in the north of the country. Yeah, we, 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 um, we're staging about 85% of the games um, in the North. Um, for me, the power of the North is um, very significant and we're looking at the cities of the North, uh, Leeds, Newcastle, Sheffield, Hull, Manchester, Liverpool and also the towns of the North. Um, civic pride will play a huge part where people in local communities um, will want to celebrate uh, where they live uh, and project that on a global stage so uh, this is really special in terms of that inclusive approach but also uh, the commitment to um, celebrating the power of the north how exciting and uh, i know i was listening to you i think it was on sky sports or something like that talking um very specifically about in inclusivity actually and you were just kind of um you were saying that it's absolutely something um you know the the, the disabled and kind of um you know disabled um, you know, games within uh, within rugby, which is just absolutely phenomenal. And I have to say, I did Google it on YouTube because I think some people, like, like you said, um, you know, think that they when they've seen the Paralympics, actually, um, you know, they've seen um, you know rugby played this way, and it was just absolutely. I mean, it is brutal, isn't it? <laughs> It, 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 it is brutal. It takes a special person um, to give it a go and certainly play at the, um, at the elite level. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some wonderful um, stories um, about brothers that have grown up uh, together, uh, one disabled, one non-disabled, being able to play the same sport. Uh, in Australia, there's a father and son uh, that play for the national team uh, together. I mean, just the stories that emanate from it. And this is about inspiring people. It's about making a positive impact um, on people's lives. We've got a big social um, impact, social mobility, social uh, benefit um, that we're trying to create and also measure. Um, yeah, it's just using our time. Um, at the end of the day, the tournament will exist for five weeks. Uh, but this will be the best part of seven years worth of certain money. Oh, God, I bet it's going to be a very weird feeling, actually, when it's all over and you've been working towards that um, for such a long time. Um, but actually, just to come back to your point there on social mobility, which I think is such a critical piece of inclusion um, and something which is invisible. You know, when we think of diversity and inclusion and belonging, I think often, um, you know, people see this, you know, purely as gender or, or disability or LGBTQ+, but actually there's so much of 
the inclusion piece that actually lies below the surface. So when it comes to social mobility and actually communities and gathering the communities yeah. together, I think it does a remarkable job, an absolutely yeah. remarkable job, because it is really showing that it is for everyone. It doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter you know, what kind of physical ailment you might have, but there's nothing stopping you getting involved in this fantastic sport. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of um, major sports events have really focused on um, trying to uh, encourage people to play the sport. Uh, for us, that would be a wonderful uh, outcome. But more important for us is to make a positive impact on people's lives, um, particularly in the local communities that we will uh, serve. And going back to um, the earlier part about um, it being in the north, um, in some hard to reach um, communities. So whether that's our community um, cultural programme, dance, choir, um, whether it's the loneliness, dementia, um, the mental fitness um, program that we will roll out, whether it's our volunteering uh, aspect to it. Um, we only exist for a short period and we've got to be really um, conscious of um, trying to make the maximum pos possible impact and then other people taking that um, forward. So from a social mobility perspective, it's more about campaigning, it's more mm. about visible, um, it's more about storytelling. Um, and I think if we can do those things, um, then hopefully um, people can pick up the baton after us when the uh, fireworks have gone off, the trophies have been lifted um, and we don't exist anymore. Absolutely. And you're, you're very right there with, with storytelling. Again, I think I heard you say it in another interview because, um, you know, essentially you are selling the idea and discussing this wonderful idea, which is yet to come to the forefront that we're all so excited about. Um, but I think, you know, the power of storytelling, not only in sport, but I think in life in general, especially with inclusivity, is absolutely critical so that we can try and, you know, almost see the world through, through another lens. Yeah, yeah, and we were um, incredibly lucky that we did our uh, draws for the tournament uh, at Buckingham Palace um, in January. Um, we had Prince Harry, um, one of his very last uh, formal engagements, and he said during the draw that sport saves lives, um, and, and it couldn't be further from the truth. It inspires people, um, it gets people healthy, um, it has a focus in uh, people's lives. It is so critically um, important. So from a campaigning perspective, um, genuinely making a difference. Um, we're also very keen to measure um, our impact and that's quite hard if it's mm. about the number of people being healthier and playing sport. That's actually quite easy to measure. If it's about economic impact, that's quite easy to measure. So social impact um, is very hard uh, to measure because mm. in some instances it might be just about creating memories. Uh, but memories are so critically uh, important um, to us. So, um, yeah, we, we're going to immerse ourselves over the next um, few months in trying to find a methodology to, uh, to measure our impact. Oh, brilliant. Well, I will be really, really looking forward to hearing how you go about that, because um, I think, uh, well, as you, as you said, you know, what, what, what gets measured, you know, it gets managed. And, um, you know, there has to be a way that we can actually measure the positive benefit of things like sport yeah. and, and, and what that can do for the wider community. And in fact, worldwide, because, of course, you've always been a fan of kind of digital um, digital outreach and, and really having a presence and being in the 21st century. And, you know, the fact that now people can tap into this from wherever they might be in the world is just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. We want to be a digital first um, tournament. It's uh, obviously very relevant at the moment with uh, our workforce and many people uh, around the world now working from home and, and digital connection 
um, is just so critical. And we're staging the tournament in uh, 2021. Um, it will be inconceivable for me um, not to have a contemporary modern um, tournament, uh, thinking also of uh, younger people, thinking of how entertainment and sport consumption has radically changed. Um, and we want to have a, a, an overlay um, that engages with people. Uh, some people might never have seen rugby league, might not be interested in rugby league. So if there's a digital um, enabler uh, to help them understand the game, be part of, uh, engage with our experience, then um, we're going to give that um, a real big push. Mm -hmm. So just quickly before we head into the lightning round for, for today, how can people access um, the Rugby League World Cup if they aren't doing so already, presumably online, but, but where, where can we go to, uh, to consume this, uh, this media? Yeah, um, so socials are uh, a good start. Um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all of the usual uh, places. So RLWC2021 um, is our handle. Uh, we have a website with lots and lots of um, information on there. And we're um, hopefully, um, when we come to the other side of this uh, quite incredible period, uh, we'll start to go on sale. Uh, we'll be selling tickets so people can then uh, really engage and really uh, uh, interact with us. And we, we've got a huge target, uh, the most ambitious target uh, ever in the trying to sell three quarters. Uh, of a million tickets wow. um, so uh, yeah that's uh, something that will um, keep us all busy uh, but we just want people to come and enjoy experience uh, the sports and um, hopefully take away one of those great memories I'm sure that you'll hit that target knowing you John I'm absolutely sure you will and let's go into the lightning round before we run out of time for today and I know previously you very modestly uh, kind of said you know uh, about kind of uh, you know not being um, you know, able to be an athlete or, or taking the number two admin spot, but clearly, clearly you've done exceptionally well and would be perceived by many across the world as being an incredibly ex successful um, executive. So, um, you know, start off with, with perhaps the hardest question, but, uh, but, but what is your, your secret to success, John, if there is one or a couple? Uh, just hard work, um, being relentless, um, but also being humble. Uh, I think that's really um, important. I have a huge um, appetite to learn, um, insatiable appetite to learn and learning from other people. So yeah, um, you cannot beat hard work though. That is uh, predominantly where, where I think I um, have um, succeeded. Mm -hmm. I absolutely concur. That's one of my, my top, uh, my top choices, I have to say. And I, uh, you know, sorry, without talking about myself too much here, but, um, you know, I always said when I was younger, I certainly was not the brightest, but I could outwork others. And, um, you know, I always ask this question to execs and CEOs and things like that. And hard work always, always comes up. And so, you know, I guess to those who are listening in, um, you know, unfortunately, hard work cannot be escaped if you do want to be successful. But there's many other tips and tricks I'm sure that you can use as well. So like John said, um, humility, I think it's very, very important in today's modern world where, uh, where you need to have a big heart and, and to be, be humble about yourself. Um, okay, so, so next, um, you know, what advice might you have given to the young John Dutton who did want to be an athlete? Um, if you're going able to go back, I suppose, and, and speak to your younger self, what would you say? Yeah, uh, but follow your dreams. Um, um, life is um, complicated. Um, nothing ever goes in a straight line. Um, but if you uh, if you fall down, just get back up and go again. And it might take you in a different direction. But having a vision, having a passion, following your dreams, um, I think is uh, so important. And what about authentic leadership? You know, what is authentic leadership to you? Yeah, authentic, interestingly, is one of our um, corporate um, values and, and being authentic is incredibly um, important. I think that 
touches on um, humility. Um, for me, um, trust, uh, building up a, a culture, um, trying to um, set people up for success and help them succeed through um, empowerment, through enablement, or giving them the tools, um, mindset, um, and using their skill set to um, become um, leaders. There is nothing more um, gratifying, I don't think, in a professional career than seeing someone that you've helped coach go on to um, be successful. And that's certainly what I hope from uh, my team going forward. Wonderful. And who has been your biggest inspiration? Uh, my biggest inspiration in my life is is my father. Uh, my dad first introduced me to uh, to sport. Um, he was a head teacher. Um, he uh, yeah has been my uh, sort of advisor um, all the way through my career. So uh, yeah, just a huge part of my uh, life as both of my parents have been. Oh, lovely! I didn't realise he was a head teacher. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. So uh, so was he was he a scary head teacher? Because I was always petrified of our head teacher. Uh, I, I don't think so, but uh, my 10-year-old my son, who's now, um, like everyone else, is um, um, at home uh, doing his schoolwork. Uh, my dad's dusted off his, um, his head teacher approach and has set him a, a lot of work, so <laughs> probably not the most popular uh, at the moment. <laughs> Your son will thank him in later life, I'm, I'm absolutely sure, I'm absolutely sure. And, um, you know, I guess finally, are, are there any kind of, uh, you know, favorite heroes, sheroes, books, authors, quotes, anything that you can leave us with um, other than the podcast, which is actually, I have to say, been incredibly inspirational. One of my really, um, you know, quite favorite uh, podcasts. I think it's great talking about sport, but uh, anything that you can leave us with, any glimmers or nuggets of wisdom um, that you can impart with myself or our listeners who are tuning in today. I'll leave you with two uh, quotes, uh, Leila, that have, have always been a big part of my life. Uh, the first one, the shortest answer is doing. Um, just get on and just do it. Um, uh, and the second one I, 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 is something that I have always uh, held true. Um, without challenge, there is no achievement. Um, I, I've never been involved in anything where it's been easy and straightforward and you felt that sense of achievement, uh, but hard work being relentless, um, the achievement uh, through challenge is um, incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank you very, very much indeed, John. And as you've been speaking, I've been making lots of notes, of which there are many. So I'm going to just summarise, I, I, I guess, a couple of key pieces as I usually do. But I mean, for me, there's been plenty of learning. I think, you know, you're an absolute testament to hard work and inclusivity as well. I think, you know, the amount of kind of innovation and genuine kind of, um, you know, giving back, not only to the community through something as powerful as sport, but something that also can be so local and so incredibly worldwide wide at the same time is just absolutely wonderful um you know from from kind of um you know gender equality within your sport um you know through to dis disability um and an even involving kind of local choirs i mean i think you know absolutely kind of touch every single facet which is just just wonderful and you know i hope there's plenty of people today who are listening in who are not only inspired and, and wanting to get involved in the sport but also inspired by the journey that you've been on which i think is genuinely kind of phenomenal um you know from, from kind of early days um you know working your way up through through the many different facets of sport to um you know clearly being incredibly relentless picking yourself up and kind of dusting yourself off you know great example to set to other future leaders you know kids your, your kids i'm sure um you know alike as well and so 
Now, uh, you know, to leave you um, again with, I guess, one of John's quotes, which I think, um, you know, in fact, we've never had on the show actually before is the shortest answer is doing, um, you know, get up, getting up and, and simply just doing it actually is, uh, you know, one of the best mottos I think we can possibly have in life when it comes to driving towards success. So thank you very, very much indeed, John. Um, very much appreciated for you being here with us today. Thank you very much, Layla. Thanks. And if you'd like to contact John, you can visit www.rlwc2021.com um, or Twitter at john-dutton72 or you can visit John Dutton uh, as well on LinkedIn in addition there. So, um, so thank you very much. My name is Layla McKenzie Dallas. You've been listening to John Dutton, um, Chief Executive for the Rugby League World Cup 2021. You've been listening to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders podcast show with you every week um, and you can visit us on apple or spotify or any of your favorite podcast providers including youtube www.dialglobal.org forward slash podcast and all of john's show notes are going to be there in there for you so if you didn't manage to capture it um, whilst we were on the show you can visit all of the sites and the quotes that we've mentioned there today so thank you very much and i'll look forward to seeing you next week bye now